We are live on YouTube, Twitter, Rumble. About to be live on Rockfin. While we're waiting for Rockfin, we'll go ahead. Oh, you can't really see it because I have that weird. Uh, there you go. Now you can see it. We'll have Hans Gruber fall one more day closer to his inevitable death on the pavement below Nakatomi Tower in Los Angeles. Played Hans Gruber in an improv show this past weekend. It was fun. I died. I fell. I fell hard to the ground. But now I'm back up. I'm ready to start the show. We are now also live on Rockfin. So let's do this. Late night stream. Hope everybody's having a good Christmas holiday season. Normalizing the public penetration of politicians. Military recruitment crisis. And U.S. soldiers complaining on TikTok. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. We get a chat here live on Rumble. Second, all right, there we go. All right, going to be a quick show tonight, unless there's some of y'all in the chats and I start going off on rants. But we'll try to keep it self-contained here tonight. Top story, bottom story: gay sex on the Senate floor. And no, I'm not quoting the only answer Lindsey Graham has ever given to the question: "What are you about to go do?" I'm talking about different gay sex this time that happened on the Senate floor, the Senate judiciary floor. Not that gay sex or, or heterosex or self-flating sex or any other kind of sex going on on the Senate floor is a surprise to anyone. I don't think it is. It's definitely not to me. I've always just assumed that that is what that room was for, that everyone just knew that if the Senate floor was a rockin', you don't come a knockin'. That if you see a sock hanging on the Senate Judiciary door handle, don't turn that knob unless you want to walk in on somebody turning that knob. Do people not know this? I, I thought this was kind of universally understood information about the halls of Congress. I mean, the Senate Judiciary Room, that, that's what it is. They, they don't go there to legislate. They go there to fornicate. It's a room where our elected officials aren't in there pushing when they're not in there pushing back and forth getting nothing done, they're in there pushing back and forth, getting each other done. All I'm saying is that if it's after midnight and Fetterman tries to get you to go sneak into the, the Senate Judiciary Hall for a little grandstanding, the answer should probably be no. Unless you're into that kind of thing. That is perfectly fine. I, and I just wouldn't recommend filming it. All jokes aside, though, who wouldn't want to have sex in Diane Feinstein's old chair. Is that not everyone's dream come true? To have sex in a room where nothing but old people hang out all day long? I mean, what's the average age in the Senate right now? It's like pushing 70, right? It's like breaking into a, a nursing home to do it, you know, because you really get turned on by the smell of mothballs and bedpans. This story is like the worst in so many ways. It also is revealing something that has become a lot more prominent, but like researching the story. It, it, try typing gay sex on the Senate floor into Google and, and see how many videos come up. I mean, you know how many videos I had to watch just to get to the actual news story? I mean, I must have seen half of Pornhub just to get to the actual news story. It's, it's not a good thing to search. They'll probably, they, so they're like, that's what it was like on Twitter. And, and like two days. Everything on Twitter, you couldn't get away from it. You couldn't open the app without seeing this guy get drilled from behind. You could go on there, you cover one eye, you just hope that you, you like, I just want to see a trend 
that has nothing to do with some dude getting butt banged uh, on, on my feed. And, and you see it, and there it is, butt sex again. Like, like it was just awful, like POV view. It was terrible. Like, click on my notifications. There it is again, more gay sex. Why is this in my trending news feed? I wouldn't share any of that stuff. Like, don't share that stuff, you know, because they will try, and they've already done this, actually. They will get, or they'll try and sue somebody, or they'll, yeah, for uh, under the revenge porn law, which they've already tried to do to a legislator in Arizona, and I think a couple of other people also, for sharing Hunter Biden's laptop pictures. They're getting sued under the revenge law. I don't know if there's a criminal statute. It might be, actually. And I don't know the outcome of it, but I guarantee you that they will go after some people. I don't know who it'll be for sharing this, these images. I never share the Hunter Biden stuff. I tell people, get it off your laptop because some people like to archive it. Don't archive this because they're not going to punish Hunter, not going to punish Butt Boy, but they will punish people that have Hunter and Butt Boy sex videos on their computer. So don't share it. Don't share any videos like this unless it's Nancy Mace in the House of Representatives or Boebert or AOC. Only then would you need to share it and we would all need to do a forensic analysis of every detail of the video. What are the hottest women in the Senate compared to the hottest women in Congress or in the House of Representatives? It's not even close. It's like you got 70 in a wheelchair, many of them over there in the Senate. And then you have Boebert, Mace, and, and I mean, that's in Luna also, the UFO chick. The Senate's a pretty like, it's like one of those clubs in college, you know, where you only sign up, or you only go to the club, but you don't even know what it is because chicks, you want to meet some chicks. That's what Congress or the House of Representatives is starting to feel like now. I'm going to run for House of Representatives. For the chicks. So it, it appears that um, <laughs> this, this politi- politics now is porn. Like, it's just straight up porn at this point. Like, we had, as I mentioned, Bobert, we had the Bobert incident. We had the Moms of Liberty three way story a couple weeks ago, still going on right now down in Florida. We have Hunter, obviously. We have the lady in Virginia whose campaign donors have all seen her butthole. And now we have boofing on the Senate floor. So uh, politics is exactly what we always thought it was. All it took was smartphones and a selfie cam for it all to be exposed. And, and it's funny about those examples that I just rattled off. Bobert and the Moms of Liberty, if you don't know the Moms of Liberty story, she is, her and her husband apparently... We're having three ways, or they're like in a three-way relationship. It just makes me think of House of Cards, if you've seen it, back when uh, uh, What's-His-Name was on it, uh, um, before he got in trouble. And they're all having sex for like a few years, this weird relationship, and the husband, apparently when his wife was away, he decides to rape this woman who's been consensually having sex with him for a few years. I don't know all the details of the story. Maybe it happened, but it seems a little bit odd. But the women, the the mom of liberty is like a, she's not, she's the bad guy here. Just like Bobert's the bad guy in her story. And yet, like those two and those five I just listed, Bobert and the mom of liberty chick, they are the only two that we don't have video of full penetration. 
Like, those are the only two we don't actually see penetration happen related to the stories. Meanwhile, you have uh, Hunter Biden, you have the chatterbait freak in Virginia, and you have Senate butt boy. We have full penetration of all of them. They're all Democrats. The other two are Republicans. And yet they're the victims. So the takeaway seems to be that either show full penetration or you're the bad guy. Or it's just if you're a Republican, you're a bad guy. And, you know, everybody says Republicans are a little bit, uh, you know, socially conservative. Super socially conservative to not show full penetration, Bobert and Moms of Liberty. Look at the Dems. Full rock hard banging penetration over there. So the, the chicken in Virginia did do this interview the other day. It was last week, I think. She was playing the victim the whole time. She said it was the worst thing that ever happened to her, which is kind of strange because after she revealed that she was, she didn't reveal it. It was the Washington Post that revealed it, which is the weirdest thing. The Washington Post, this Democrat, for those who don't know the story, who ran for a, a House seat position in the legislature of, in Virginia, but it had a lot of stake for national politics, so there was a lot of you know, national-level politics getting behind her. And they were rallying for her, and, and after it was revealed that she had this, like, I don't know if it was Chatterbait or some other streaming account, which was a publicly available thing, but she said that people exposed it, and do- she said people doxed her about it. It was publicly available. And it was the Washington Post, and they blamed Republicans for doing this. She said that it was like the worst thing that had ever happened to her. But she fails to mention that after these videos of her were revealed where she is telling her campaign donors, who all have seen her butthole, all of them, that if you tip me more, we'll go into a private chat, and you can watch me get anal from someone who's not my husband while my husband stands and watches us. This is, this is what was on her videos. And when this was revealed, she got a half a million dollar campaign boost. It was, it was the biggest campaign rush that she had had her entire... Uh, uh, I mean, she didn't have, really have a chance until people were watching her get butt-banged while her husband watched her. And she also told them, my husband, I tell him he has to go last. He has to go last. And her husband, okay, and this is all, this is all in the article... She has denied none of this in the videos, apparently. Her husband would say, because he plays a role in these videos, he, he would say, sometimes I, 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 would, I would like to not go last, but I, she makes me. And then he talks about, so he just cucks himself out for these videos. And, and this gets her half a million dollars, but it's the worst experience of her life, and she's a victim because of this. And, and so I, I, she also said in this article that she believes that that people just need to stop like bothering people about this and and, like look i i think people you you don't have i don't think you have to be a jerk about whatever people do in their private lives who cares whatever but when it's made public that way and when it does look like that's it kind of looks like that's how she got a lot of campaign donations and and, uh you come out and play the victim then that's when people should you know, talk about it because nobody actually dug that up on her. That was out there. And she's accusing people, Republicans who weren't even involved in it. It was Democrats of digging it up. But but she said it's going to keep happening. This is going to keep happening because of this generation. You're going to continue to see this. And then right after this happened last week, this week we had a butt boy on the floor of the Senate, you know, getting pounded. So I, I think that this is some uh, normalization going on of 
politicians getting penetrated publicly. And we better get used to it. I hope this is not the case. I certainly hope it gets a lot better looking if it is. Please get a lot better looking. If It's like you have these dreams of going into a, a nude bar when you're younger. I remember I went to Key West for the first time. I think I've talked about this before, but you know, I was at Key West when I was in college. We went for spring break, and I'd heard about the nude bars. You're like, all right, let's go. I didn't get nude, okay? I'm not walking into the nude bar nude. I'm going to check things out first before I start, you know, dropping trowel. I walk in, and I, I see nothing but 300-pound truckers nude, just drinking like Budweiser on a bar stool. And I sat on a bar stool that nobody was next to me. And then a couple minutes later, I, there's two nude truckers there next to me talking about driving. St- it, it's just, it's not what you expect. This is what this feels like. If we're, going to, if we're going to normalize this idea of where it's like this voyeurism on the public's part and these politicians love just getting watched. I mean, it's like weird. They just want us to watch them and then vote for them. I feel like we'll be voting for something completely different. Maybe we will get better looking politicians if that becomes a standard, because I think I'm voting. Bobert's going to have no problem maintaining office. Vote Bobert for president, Nancy Mace for vice president, if that's going to be the new standard. And so it, this, this guy who did this, butt boy, he was a congressional staffer, and the guy behind him who was grandstanding him, he was filming it, and then he leaked it, because it's like a prostitute. Is there any chance this was not a prostitute situation, a congressional page, which is everything everybody's ever thought, you know? It's just, it's kind of wild that I think the sex aspect of it has been focused on so much that, and I have seen a few people talk about it, but not in the media. Not like, hey, this probably goes on all the time. I mean, think about taking a black light to that room. God, I would never, I would not want to be there when you took a black light to the Senate Judiciary Committee room. Because there's no telling what you would see. You know they never wash it. How could they possibly wash it? It'd be, it'd be a wasted effort because these guys are sucking each other off and murdering each other and boofing each other all the time. Like there's, there's never that. The only time that people aren't doing that in there is when they're in there arguing and doing nothing. That's it. That's the only time. And they're just sitting in their own disgusting. Like a black light in that room would reveal crimes 100 years old. Don't ever take a blacklight in that room. But the staffer was fired. The poor guy. Poor guy. He gets filmed being boofed. And, you know, he's not the first one. But, man, what, what, how dare we do that to him? It's not inclusive at all. It's very white nationalist MAGA to do that. But fortunately for him, he did make an announcement that he is going to be running for office in 2024 as a Democrat. Already raised millions of dollars. Already raised millions of dollars. His slogan, vote for butt boy for Senate. Butt boy for Senate. You can watch. That's all he's doing. And he's, he's, everybody's behind him. So, we, we, it's not even the best part. It's the story is like, you could talk about the story for like, ever. It's disgusting, but you could talk about it forever. The best part of the story is that the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee who, that's the room where the butt sex happened that everybody watched on Twitter for two days nonstop. Why is everybody sharing that? The butt sex in the Senate judiciary, the person who leads that committee, 
is Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin is the head of the Senate sex room. Simulation, I don't know if I'm a believer, but when Dick Durbin is heading up the Senate gay sex room, I'm starting to become one. So that story obviously doesn't look great on our government. You know, it makes it look decadent. Makes it look like Rome is falling, kind of. Fortunately, I have another story for you about our military that redeems our government some. Oh, wait, it doesn't, it doesn't redeem it at all because the story is about how the, the U.S. is entering 2024 with its smallest military in over 80 years, which is, shouldn't be a surprise. That should be least, like, less surprising than two gay dudes having butt sex on the Senate, Senate hall floor. Like, like, that should be less surprising than that, and, and that's pretty surprising. And with all these like World War III escalations going on too, it makes you feel really comfortable, doesn't it? So here's the story. It says under 80, 888, $886 billion annual defense bills passed, under the $886 billion annual defense bill passed by Congress this week, they said the total active duty troop numbers are going to fall to the lowest since before the U.S. entered World War II in 1941. Officials are saying that there should be a national call to service as recruitment numbers were missed by a combined 41,000 personnel. Now, recruitment targets that were missed by the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force, the, the ones that didn't miss the goals were the Marines and Donald Trump's Space Force. Space Force, baby. Nobody gets butt-fucked in the Space Force. Not in my Space Force. Military recruiters say... Generation Z, those born between 97 and 2012, generally have a, quote, low trust in institutions and have decreasingly followed traditional life and career paths. I wonder why. Who's to blame for that? Well, the picture of the current recruiting environment is acutely different. The Defense Department and the military services are working together to resolve the issue, improve processes, and expand awareness of the many opportunities military service offers. So they said before this in the article that they don't think the problem is them not wanting to be in the military, not liking it. They think it's, they just don't know enough about the military. And, and, and maybe that's true, but maybe the problem is they do know enough about the military because of the woke ads and the DEI stuff that they've been doing. Maybe they're completely, completely wrong about what that problem is. He went on to say that we must reach today's youth where they are with a message that resonates with them and motivates them to act. He said there should be a national call to service by leaders and politicians. What does a national call to service look like, you think? 9-11? That was definitely a national call to service. I, I, I remember, I was in college. I remember the day after 9-11 or whenever we went back to school again. I saw like three people going off about how this is their last day at school and they're going to join the military. And some of my close friends joined the military because 9-11 was a national call to service. And that, that is what propaganda, propaganda national calls to service, if it doesn't work in the like be all you can be type way, which typically we, it worked before then because they would offer them, you know, a, a pretty good, at least in the past, amount of pay and then 
they made some promises to them afterwards. I don't know that they always fulfilled those promises. I know some people were very upset with the way uh, they were treated when they got out of the service. But that makes me think false flag. It is a national, and that's a national call to service. Is how do you, you rile up the emotions of people and think that everything they're, they're going to die. People they care about are if they don't join. I, I, I don't see any marketing campaign working. Do you, is there a marketing campaign that anyone can think of after the woke stuff? Like you have to flush all of that out. What marketing campaign, the best marketers in the world, please tell me, what would get Gen Z to decide to join the military after all of the, the way that the people most likely to join have been treated. And that's the problem. It's not just about the woke targeting of the advertising. It's the fact that the woke targeting, it didn't just target people who would fit the DEI inclusive uh, category. It alienated all of the other people who might have joined the military uh, you know, had they not seen those types of ads. Those types of ads, and had they not been pushed out because of not being vaccinated, it made the past three or four years have made everybody who might have been the best people to recruit into the military feel like they aren't wanted in the military and feel like they would be discriminated against or they just they would be looked down upon. So not vaccinated. It's just they're begging the vaccinated people to come. What did they expect? I think it's probably on purpose, to be honest with you, because it's so predictable. I talked about this when this started happening a couple of years ago. The way that they were handling the military, the, those ads, I played some of those ads on the show, where, where it's the, the small, tiny girls and the two lesbian moms, which, which is perfectly fine. Look, there's a small, tiny chick with two lesbian moms who can kick ass. I'm all for it. That's fine. But chances of that being your target audience when you're marketing to something, if that is what you're directly spending all of your ad dollars on pulling in, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of chicks like that. Like, I think that we are probably not, uh, we don't have a surplus of tiny blonde chicks with lesbian moms who can just whip ass at war. Maybe a couple, probably not a lot. I think we probably have more who are dudes, men who aren't really that woke, love guns, but they alienated those people. And it's obvious that that's going to happen. That's why I say, I see this stuff and... I go back and forth because, like, I I know that everybody who's involved in the government, they're they're not in charge. They're playing their role, and they they I, and I say playing their role. They're just they're doing their administrative duty, whatever their job is. I don't think that they necessarily understand the history of propaganda and everything, and the way that this has worked uh, in the past, or so uh, you know sociology, the social science experiments that they've done. But anybody who does have an understanding of those social science experiments, which I'm sure most people listening to this do, there, there's, no, there's no guessing at how that was going to play out. It, it was just very, very obvious that military was going to be depleted and we were going to be weakened. And they're actually calling it a national security threat because of how depleted our forces had been. And not only that, we're going to get to this other story here, which is about what they're calling a TikTok mutiny that the U.S. Army is facing as Gen Z recruits whine about low pay and shitty food and fitness tests while they are on bases in uniform. They're, 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 on their, they're on bases. They're deployed wherever they are. 
And they're making TikTok videos complaining about stuff. I'm still like rolling this through my mind. What I what I think about the legitimacy of the story. I do believe that people. I do believe. What am I, Kamala Harris? Give me give me two glasses of wine, red wine, and uh, whatever a Xanax, and I'll be Kamala. But I wonder about whether how true all of this is. I, I'm sure that some of. Yeah, I guess you really only got to get a couple. That's, yeah, I'm sure you can get somebody in the military, then you can put uh, a plant, you can put a handle there, and you can encourage them to make videos like this. So that's the whole idea. Bernays used to talk about that. You don't want everybody in on the lie and the propaganda. You want as few people in on it as possible. You want people to believe in what they're doing. So you surround them, or you get handlers by them who whisper in their ear, and they go out and they conduct you know, the stuff that serves the propaganda machine. And this story here says, talking about these military TikTok influencers, Gen Z recruits. One of the posts by military influencer Anthony Laster slams army life for having no privacy. He says the pay sucks. There's shitty food. There's disrespectful leadership. There's no sleep. And his, his video has been viewed 600,000 times. And this other dude from Chicago has over a million followers on Twitter. I'll put this up on screen. Hold on. I'll show you guys that. Million five. Why would you want to? I don't think you would really want, unless you have one of those hot e girls who you're bringing in to get recruits. That's probably why the guys are upset. They're like, Where's that hot e girl? I joined because of that hot e girl. And I don't see her. I thought I was going to be having sex with a hot e girl. And here I am, uh, surrounded by a bunch of DEI uh, placements. And we're all overweight, which this story goes into. And none of us want to be here. And none of us are banging the hot DEI girl. That's going to make people angry. So this dude from Chicago with a million TikTok followers, he made the public comment in uniform while on a mission in the desert. That's what, that's, so that's that guy said that, no sleep stuff. In another post, he claimed he spent his whole day watching TikToks while he was supposed to be fighting the Taliban. <laughs> Why is he supposed to be fighting the Taliban? No, I was supposed to be fighting the Taliban today. I just got caught up watching dance videos like a teenage girl and her mom. They did the same. The Army is in the middle of a five-year plan to become a model example of diversity. So stupid. A model example of diversity, equity, and inclusion with the blessing from the White House. However, with focus elsewhere, it is in the grips of a fitness crisis. (laughs) How is the military in the grips of a fitness crisis? Around 23% of soldiers registered as obese in 2021. This is according to a study from Military Health Systems Data. Not only are recruits not fit enough to join, their fitness is also declining once they're in the ranks. They're leaving, it's leaving officials scrambling to install weight loss and exercise. But why don't they just give them all Ozempic? Just, just mandate Ozempic for the military. Another major criticism, the young soldier complains, about, about, is about having to remain below a certain weight. He complains about the harsh treatment, and he complains about having to perform task, menial tasks instead of engaging enemies on the battle. So, so the, guy, the guy's complaining about having to, to stay in shape. So he's complaining about having to be at fighting weight. He's complaining about being treated poorly about his 
uh, by his superiors, and he's complaining about having to do menial stuff because he'd rather be killing enemies on the battlefield. I don't know that. I think they're saving you, dude. I don't think you want to go out into the battlefield out of shape, brainwashed by TikTok all day. One young recruit, Shamar Williams, also in uniform and appearing to be on base. Here's some of these pictures here. Like, there's one. It's that guy. Yeah, he's... There's that, Like, this one, look at this chick. If you see this, this is your sign not to join the military. Look, I, I, that, look that chick might be able to kick my ass. I, I don't know. I doubt it. But... When you do de- when you do this type of recruiting, this is what you get. I don't know what promises they make to them. I know they make a lot of promises to them, but what are you expecting when you go over there? You're expecting to go over there and and, and screw around all the time and to not have to do anything. I mean, is, how, do you know nothing about the military? Like, the, I, I, this is why people don't join the military is because they they don't want to go be subjected to that. It's the article kind of talks about how they just don't, like I said, they don't know anything about it. And so this is why it's ending up like this. I, I don't think that's it. I, I think that they, I think they were hoping that this standard that had been created of you get what you want through complaining, basically. Like we have created a society where the people who bitch the most about shit, who, who whatever, how, no matter how small it is, who just complain and act like they're victimized, get rewarded the most. So a society where the worst type of behavior gets the most kind of benefit, really. And this entitlement of it. And I feel like that that is probably what some of this is, the way they're talking about it. If any of this stuff is legit, this is like... The plan, I think, since the Great Reset started has been to bring the U.S. military back down. And I think this is just demonstrating it. I think there's just another part of all of that. The article goes on to say one young recruit who was in uniform look, looks into the camera and tells his 34,000 followers, his top five reasons to not join the military. Can you imagine that you're, you're in the, you're in the army, you're in Afghan, Afghanistan. You're supposed to be fighting the Taliban apparently. And you're like, I'm, I, you know, screw fighting the towel. I mean, he throws his gun down, maybe gives it, here, take this. Uh, pulls out his TikTok app, top five reasons. Like, he went to the military to become a, a TikTok influencer. Man, I wonder, see, people talk about the TikTok version or the uh, China version of TikTok. And how it's different, how it's the vegetables and broccoli. I don't know. I've never been there. I've never, I've never, I got to. Uh, so I wonder if that's true. Are they over there training while we're over here collapsing when it comes to some of this stuff? What's up, Gordon? This incident is a perfect symbolism of America in 2023. We're living through the second Weimar uh, Republic. Uh, which incident? Are you talking about the one in Congress from earlier, Gordon? In the Senate, excuse me? There. Echoing Laster's grievances, Williams, this is... Uh, the one who gave the top five reasons, bemoans that we do not get paid enough to perform the missions that are tasked to us. We lack, uh, we lack auto- autonomy, and uh, we have to sacrifice uh, family life. And it says, according to federal data, more than 20,000 active-duty troops are on food stamps to make ends meet. Now, that's terrible. 
Like, why are active duty troops on food stamps? While Zelensky, he's got billions. Like, why are we doing that? Other than to destroy our own military, why are we sending billions to foreign countries to fight wars that most of the country, if if they support, they don't know anything about. It's just because of uh, you know, my side over your side. And and yet our soldiers are on freaking food stamps, active duty. I mean, that's crazy. That's terrible. What what a disgrace. One young recruit who could be identified as Gamage, G-A-M-M-A-G, I'm Gamage. From the name of her uniform, I said it might be this girl. No, it's Danielle. It's not Gamage. No, Gamage is. She says to those who are considering a life in the military, don't join the army until you're mentally prepared to be told that you're going over or underweight or, or to you're mentally prepared to be treated like you're not a good soldier or till you're prepared uh, to, or, or if you can't run two miles in 18 minutes or less. And she says, oh, and you can't get injured um, because they'll say it's your fault. I, you know, I would not disagree with that advice. If you can't run a mile, two miles in under 18 minutes, it's probably not a good idea to join the military. I, I mean, I, I think the military should have that at, written on the wall of every recruitment office. If you can't run two miles in 18 minutes, that's nine-minute miles. I mean, you got gunfire coming at you, people chasing you. I, I, I bet they can run nine-minute miles. If I'm going to the military, I, I, I want my mile time under seven minutes at least. Nine minutes? Like, that's so absurd. If you Don't join the Army if you can't run a mile under 15 minutes and... If you feel if you if you don't want to get up, you know, and work hard all day, you know, do exercise all day. It's just the strangest thing. Do you guys think this is real? I'm just baffled by this. I just can't, I can't comprehend somebody going to the military and not expecting to be whipped into shape. Like, I think some people go to the military to be whipped into shape. I think that physical program is one of the benefits that some see in joining. I, I think that basic training, I don't know what it's like now, but what it used to be from what I understand, I think that that would be beneficial for a lot of people. I, I'd be cool to have just like a basic training work, you know, thing that you can go to here and not have to join the military because I, I think it's so useful, that kind of stuff. But, but it feels like these people are like, oh, join the military? <sighs> I gotta run every morning? Yeah, so you don't die. This is weird, man. I don't know, this is weird. Fitness within the Army is also at a crisis point, with generals terming it a threat to national security. Of course. I mean, it is. Of course it is. If it's... I mean, that would suck, you know, if you were one of the few... And look, I don't think that most people in the military are like this. I should premise that. I think most people who are in the military are probably ass, ass whippers. I think they're probably in great shape. I think they're highlighting a few here for the story. So, yeah, these are the exceptions, not the rule here. But the fact that they're propagating them as the rule, you know, they're not saying, but here are all these other badasses. They're just highlighting these people. It just, it worries me 
that they are setting the people who do work hard and are in great shape, setting them up to be in a bad situation. Like, can you imagine you've been working your ass off? You're like, seriously, like you're in great shape and you, you've listened and you've followed your command and everything. And, and you, you've gained an understanding because you want to stay alive and, and you want to do, you know, what's right for, for whatever you've been told is right for your mission. And you want to protect everybody. And then they surround you with a, a bunch of like pink haired people who can't run half a mile without stopping and sitting down for 15 minutes. The burden that that puts on the soldiers that we do have, it puts them in jeopardy, makes it more likely that those badasses we have get killed because they don't have a unit to protect them. I don't think that that's the case. I seriously think these are, I think that these are people that they plunked out. They're not going to send these people out to do anything. I think this is bullshit. This is bullshit. It's got to be bullshit. I'm not saying they're not real soldiers. I'm saying that they got them in the military and they have them doing nothing. They're not going to send them out into harm's way to jeopardize other people. There's no way. It's crazy. I mean, it's like crazy. DOD components are required to review and approve non-official mobile applications. So, so they're not supposed to have tick, the TikTok app on their phones. But they're still doing it and they bitch about getting reprimanded, reprimanded about making TikTok videos. This is just... So it's like, even if these soldiers are actual soldiers and they they wouldn't be given any responsibility, but I guess you can't kick them out? Is that the thing? Like, you can't just send them home? It would be bad for the DEI? Your ESG points would go down? Is that the problem? I... Even if these like one in a thousand people like this that they're saying, or one in ten thousand in the military, it still demonstrates like a an attempt by the propaganda machine to demoralize kind of the military, or, or is this the attempt to try and recruit better or, or more you know committed recruits I, I don't think so I, it wouldn't make i don't think it would make people want to join up if they think everybody's eating twinkies and jerking off instead of like though you know and getting on tiktok man if i feel so bad for these young people they like manipulate it. look at this here's a picture don't join the army for pay it's three black chicks making a tiktok video There's some chicks that can whip ass, man. I'm not saying they can't. I'm, you know, everybody knows on average a dude is, can can handle a chick, but not saying there can't be a badass chick every now and then. Now these these IDF units where it's like nothing but 15 sexy ass Israelis, you know, murdering a hundred uh, Hamas. It's bullshit. It's just propaganda. All that shit is trying to get people to join. Come join. Maybe you can have sex with one of these hot chicks, but. This guy's got a mask on. Why you got a mask on? If you're supposed to be fighting the Taliban, why are you wearing a COVID mask? It ain't going to stop bullets, let alone COVID, dude. What the freak, dude? I don't know, man. I think people in my generation, uh, uh, millennials, I think that we're messed up enough on social media. 
people younger. I just, I don't know what the solution is to that. I think self-control. I think it's got to be self-control. That's what it's got to be. <laughs> Man. So in other news, President Biden's daughter, Ashley, is in a bit of trouble. You might have seen this. She's in a bit of trouble as she not only owes the IRS $5,000 in taxes, she also owes the big guy some shower time. More shower, 10% of shower time to the big guy, Ashley Biden was told at a very, very young age. All right. So I think that's all I'm going to do for today. Let me see if we got anything else here. Well, here, we can look at this. Let's look at this real quick. We'll get out of here. Trump went to, he goes to these these fights all the time, these UFC fights. And I love this one. So I saw a bunch of different versions of the story, but on screen it says, Donald Trump sits octagon side with Kid Rock, Kid Rock at UFC 296 in Las Vegas. And it shows this picture of Trump. Let's zoom it in a little bit. There we go. So Tr- Trump is looking upward next to Kid Rock, and apparently Wyatt Earp behind Kid Rock there. And they, every story about it has been Trump oogles the the hot card girl, the girl carrying you know, which is like, well, how is that a how how is that a you know, an insult that he's looking at a really good-looking, in-shape chick carrying it. That's what they're there for. They are there to be looked at. They're wearing, like, a, a two-piece bathing suit, basically, and they're all in great shape, and they're all good-looking. Any man would look at them. You know, he's not touching. Now, Joe Biden would be smelling her daughter. Trump's just looking at her, and they're like, oh, he's oogling at her, what a monster. But, but when you look at the image, he's not even looking at her. I'm sure he did when he walked by, when she walked by, because it's like, you can't help it. It's like, by a lot, you look. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long you've been married, you're going like, to catch a glance, okay? Like, your, your eyeball is just going to move over, like, okay, I saw it, and that's it. But he's not even looking at her in this image. And every story I've seen about this has, has been like, what a, mo- what, a, what a Putin puppet monster. He wants to rape her. He's trying to rape her. He probably pinned her down. And him and Kid Rock had their way with her while Wyatt Earp pointed a gun at her head. I mean, that's like the mentality that they, they give off here. And they had another story related to this <laughs> about Mario Lopez, about A.C. Slater. Saved by the Bell. All these people on Twitter, these these progressives, were pissed off because AC Slater was apparently hanging out with Trump at this UFC fight. AC Slater, who knew? All you had to do is look at Mario Lopez's X account or Twitter post from the past five years. He is obviously a Trump supporter. He has been for a long time. It's like anybody who goes to these things now, if you're not doing Bill Burr's wife and flipping Trump off, then, then you're going to get... People are out of their minds, dude. They are. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I think that most people don't buy into the extreme ideas of this stuff on either side. But then I, I'll run into people in, in person and I'll, I'll talk to them. 
and they'll listen and I'll be like, well, they, they clearly buy in to this extreme stuff on either side. And it's like they they try to manifest that reality because they, they want to turn people against each other. Why turn people against each other? Look how hot that chick is. Like, why can't everybody just be like, I'm sure, maybe, you know, maybe we get a little, make it a little more inclusive. We get a hot dude can walk by too. And, you know, if Trump didn't look at the hot dude the same way he looked at the hot chick, the headlines would be, Trump scowls at hot dude in banana hammock as he walks by the ra- like 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 if he, if Trump doesn't jump out and start blowing the guy he is anti LGBTQ. That's how they portray this stuff in the news, and they have people say stuff like that. It's just extreme. They just cover the extreme stuff, and it's I thought everybody knew that. I think most people know that, but. I think it manifests reality more. I mean, more and more it goes on, but like it, it, they're, they're not going to cover the people who are reasonable. They're just not, they're not going to, that's, they never covered Ron Paul. Very little. They're not going to give attention to things that bring people together. They're just not, unless it's on international war. They're not going to do it. When it comes to domestic issues, they are only going to cover things that amplify the most extreme point of views and cause division among everybody else and, as a result, creates more people with extreme point of views. It is them, the government, the media, that protects them, that creates the so-called extremists that they claim are such a threat. So... That would make them the threat, the media who does this, the media who intentionally takes things out of context, who intentionally misrepresents people, who intentionally interprets sarcasm as the, the most worst possible. It takes it literally and says, this is the worst thing. Like those people who get paid to do that and pretend to be journalists, those are the ones who are they're causing the problems. And they're so good. They've studied the social science experiments and the different groups that they try and appeal to, and they overwhelm everybody with the different propaganda channels all the time. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter where you look because we all have screens attached to us. Our screens, billboards, freaking bathroom wall and a nightclub, a dive bar. You know, F Trump, whatever. I mean, it's everywhere. Every communication point of contact they read, they try to reach. Polls, movies, documentaries. I'm going to talk about that documentary tomorrow that what's his, Rob Reiner, who's a piece of shit. Like, Rob Reiner's a piece of shit. But he knows that. His, his job is not to be honest with people, but these actors and, and these people... They're so, they're so very good at being disingenuous or lying to people and making it seem to their target audience that they're being like, no, I care about what's good. They don't. They don't. They're, they're good at lining their pockets and stacking bills by making people who hate the other side so much not question them. Like It's this constant triggering of confirmation bias and avoidance of cognitive dissonance. I mean, that's like the simplest way to explain everything going on in the country with the brainwashing. 
cognitive dissonance, like it's a physical pain, like it, it, it like because it changes this the nodes in your brain. We have the more we think a thought, the more it becomes. It is a physical thing. Like a thought is a physical thing. That's like a important thing to remember. Like if you're working on something that you want to change or something you want to reinforce, that thoughts are actually physical things in our brain. The more we think something, the more the light goes off and the stronger the physical node in our brain becomes and the easier it becomes to think that thought. And once it becomes so easy, we don't have to consciously do it anymore. It just happens. It's system one and system two. Talked about this book a lot. Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a book that the CIA recommends that their agents read. I recommend everybody reading it. It's, it's very insightful. And it, it'll ring true in a lot of ways, and it'll make you think about stuff. Thinking Fast and Slow. Daniel Kamen, I think is the writer's name. System one is like survival instincts. So it's like we see a snake, we jump. We, that's not, we, didn't, we didn't see a snake, sit down, consciously analyze, what should I do when I see the snake, and decide I should jump so I don't get bit. That, we just do it right? System two are the things that we have, we don't consciously know how to do yet, or we haven't thought through, like things that we're learning, like to drive a car, or dribble a basketball, or ride a bike, right? But the more you ride a bike, the more you learn, it becomes uh, unconscious, and it becomes system one, so you don't have to think about it anymore. So when you're doing system two activities, this is what it says in the book anyway, I don't know the truth of this, but the, the assertion, the, the premise is that you can only hold seven things or so in your head roughly at once. Basically, the idea being that when things are on system one and they're automatic, it's, it's using none of your cognitive resources because it, you don't even think it's like instinctual now. But when something is system two still and you have it, hasn't been made automatic, then it requires like you can't do as many. It's like the walk and chew gum. You can't do as many other things. You have to focus intently and it drains that cognitive energy and it, it, it makes it much, much harder until it becomes system one. With these things, they like they propagandize people into making these beliefs that are completely just wrong. Like the propaganda beliefs that they want to program people's heads with, they turn them into those instinctual thoughts that have brain nodes that, that light up on their own. So they do it by connecting with us and all this different media, and they do it by exploiting uh, the preconceived beliefs and, and things that people want to believe because everybody's you know primed and conditioned to different ways. And they, they make sure they, they give them what they want, and they give people no incentive to prove themselves wrong. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you want to believe that Trump is a Nazi, then when you hear a story, or these, uh, what is the thing? Uh, 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 Christian nationalist, this, this thing, which has been, they've been doing this for a couple of years now. They, they put it in the news periodically, which is basically the same thing as white nationalists, the same thing as MAGA, same thing as Putin. I actually saw a thing where, the story identified Putin as the leader of the, the Christian nationalists worldwide. It always does that. Every single thing always leads back to Putin's the big bad enemy, Trump is the puppet, evil puppet, and MAGA Trumpers and anybody who believes certain things that aren't acceptable, they get roped in through this convoluted propaganda into being one and the same as Putin, Trump, evil MAGA Nazi 
uh, uh, Hitler. It's just so, it's like crazy how stupid it is. It's so stupid, but it's so overwhelming. And people want to believe it so bad because they do the preconditioning that builds people up. So people see Trump and they want to believe he's a Nazi. Like, like it's, it's like twisted. Like people who really hate Trump would really love to see Trump just kill somebody on TV. I'm serious. They would, they would love that because they would go, finally. Yeah. So they would get like horny as, as fuck if he just killed somebody on TV because it would give them that feeling of validation. They might like try to be like, oh, I can't believe we did that. But like inside, they, they would be like getting those brain juices released that made them feel very happy because they were correct. Their, their confirmation bias. And with the, the, the cognitive dissonance, this is why it's like, you look at people like, how do they not know that? How do they not know certain things aren't true that they've been told are true? For, for example, the Trump told everybody to drink bleach thing. That, I mean, it's bullshit. He never did that. He never did that. Anybody who watched that, I watched that. I know exactly what he's doing. I've covered it on the show. And I played clips and I showed articles and I showed the stuff. He, he was talking about an actual treatment that a doctor had told him about before that, that the FDA had just approved to, they, they approved to expedite the development of this uh, technique. And it's actually available now. A lot of people use it, probably don't even realize it's the same thing. But that's what he was doing. He never said inject with bleach. He used terminology that he was given by the doctors that if you read the studies they were talking about, the FDA approved, he used the exact terminology in those studies. Exactly. And yet, I still know people who, who, who oh, Trump said to inject bleach, right? Because that's what they want to believe. And so whenever they see these people who suggest that, they don't even have to say it anymore. They just suggest it. It just further confirms that automatic response. Like they're jumping to a snake. They see Trump bleach guy. And they have no incentive to go, maybe I should try and disprove my belief that Trump told people to inject bleach because if they were to seek out disproving that, it makes them feel so fucking good. Like it makes them feel so good to think that Trump told people to inject bleach. I mean, it makes them feel really good. So to go seek out information that, that undermines and disproves this thing that makes them feel so fucking good. I mean, that's like, having, that's like you're in the middle of an orgasm. Let me go see if I can find a way to ruin this fucking orgasm. I, I'm not even kidding by that uh, example. It, it's like, what incentive do you have to go find proof that something that you believe and it makes you feel so fucking good to believe is not true. Because when they find out that information that it's not true, they experience the cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dis dissonance is pain. That's what Aristotle said when learning is pain. Because when you, we learn something new, it, it, it transforms those, like, those nodes in our brain, the ones that have been the mo most powerful and automatic, they're like kind of fractured and they change. And our worldview shifts. And we see things differently than we've never seen them before. And it makes us like, it, like it literally causes a physical pain to do that. And it's, just, it's, so, it's like such a simple thing. That's why my Twitter profile, I've had embraced the cognitive dissonance on it. It's not easy. It's fucking hard. But like people should, I don't know. I mean, it's easier said than done. But if we all you know, got fucking horny for 
proving ourselves wrong about shit, it would do a couple of things. One, when we were unable to prove ourselves wrong, it would really strengthen the beliefs that we had that were correct, you know, that we could back up with stuff. And two, it would protect us from bullshit brainwashing. But it's like, God, that chick's so hot, isn't she? <laughs> now nah, it, it's it's we're all it, it, we all think we're Spock, you know. We all think we're Spock. We all think we're so intellectual and 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 reasoning and thinking. Some people are a lot more so than others, but the reality is we're all Kirk times a thousand. Is we are our, our emotions dominate our reasoning brain because they're automatic. They're automatic at this point, the ones that are ingrained. And we have to use a system two cognitive resources to change. And we have no incentive to because they played our confirmation bias. So it's like, you know, fuck them, basically. That was real, like, I, I'm wrapping up here in like a, you know, weird. I, I personally, I, I think that the more we see stuff that's like, I think more people have kind of been, not, I don't want to say demoralized. I don't think people are demoralized. They might want people to be demoralized. Uh, some people might be. I think more people have recognized how crazy some of the stuff is. And I think that that's good. I think that's an error on their part. I think they've gone too far with some of this shit. And I, I think they test how far they can do with their propaganda. They always have. And I, I think that a lot of people have been like, what the, f what, you know, this is fucked up. I, I know a lot of people that have. And, and so... I do think that that's good. But it's like, I'm just thinking about the smaller percentage of people, you know, that I know that they're like good people. I'm just like, how do you believe that? Like, it, you can disprove it. You, you can you can be slapped in the face uh, with, with the congressional butt boy's dick with that information and you'll still just kind of brush it off because you're uncomfortable with it. You're more comfortable with butt boy's dick smacking on your face than you are the truth. And I think that's where some people in America are right now. They'd rather have butt boy's dick smacking them in the face than have the truth be told to them because it would create a very minimal level of uncomfortableness. But once you break through that shit, that's what's like, so that's what's great about reading philosophy, which I didn't read a lot of philosophy until I was in my 20s. But once I started reading it, I read it all the fucking time. And... You know, like reading, reading Plato is an interesting experience because it's like, oh my God, this is just mind expanding. I never thought about anything like this in my world. And then the, like the next paragraph, it's like, oh, fucking pedophile. It's like, yeah, it's a real, you know, they did things different back then. But the way that they talked about shit and Socrates and the questions he asked, it, whenever I get away from like asking questions, which I think that's really, people get upset though when you ask too many questions, but Whenever I get away from that, I, I'll go back and flip through it, just kind of like recharge my brain on it because it's just really like, it's cool. It's cool to discover some new shit, you know? It's cool to fucking learn that you had something wrong and, and learn what, what, you know, maybe the better position is because you fucking grow from there, man. I, I, you know, I've sworn way too much here. I told myself I wasn't going to do that tonight. But I got a little passion. I did. I got to take that hot chick off the screen because I don't want, I don't want anybody to say that I'm oogling over her. I, I might be, but I don't want anybody to say it. Get that off there. All right, guys. Hey, what's up, Aram? I just saw that. Uh, the, I don't, that hot chick was the, whoever was the card girl. 
and she's doing a fantastic job of being the card girl. She, this seems a bit uh, dick baity to be a, a section of the propaganda, right? Well, no, that, I mean, I, that I think that Trump was at that fight. And, uh, I, you know, Trump goes to those fights. I think he likes them a lot. Joe Rogan is there. There's a lot that goes on at, at these fights. You know, Joe Rogan, who has the biggest podcast in the world, is there. So it would behoove anybody who wants to influence Joe Rogan to be there. I bet Joe Rogan is just surrounded by people he, he, trying to influence him. The dude has got to be surrounded by so many agents, handlers, attempting to you know, turn his opinion one way or the other. I, anybody with that much influence is going to be that way. And he's like, in the podcast world, you know, A number one. And so those, those, you, those fights there, that's probably filled with undercover agents, those fights. Some of them we might know, you know? Like, who's, the, who's conducting the op? Play-Doh is like that. Play, play oh, yeah, Play-Doh, definitely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the, the shit that they wrote, it, it's like all of these philosophers had like, the, basically they had congressional pages. They, they all had congressional pages that they could walk into their little, their little Senate room back in, back in the day and have a little booth session. This, this, that's what I was saying earlier is we learned, we have learned because of modern technology and everybody's desire to do selfie, selfie cams of, uh, you know, intercourse that politics is everything we've always thought it was. Everything they wrote about since back in the day of, of Plato and Socrates and all of that. The, the worst three redders in the internet what does that mean, Aaron? It says the worst three. Are you saying readers? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm going to get out of here in a minute. Thanks for uh, checking the show out. For those of you who did, it's the, middle of the, you know, it's the middle of the night. I really didn't expect anybody to watch. But... I do appreciate you guys watching. I hope everybody's having good holidays and we will talk to y'all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Oh, propagandafight.com. Check it out. YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. Rumble.com slash The Prop Report. And follow me on Twitter at Freedom Max Radio and share the friend with you. Share the friend. Yeah, share. No, don't share the friend. That's what these politicians do. Share the show with your friends. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>